Good day, poker peeps. My name is Sky Matsuhashi, and I appreciate that you're spending some study time with me and Smart Poker Study. So I'm excited about today's podcast episode because it is super easy within Poker Tracker 4 or whatever hand tracking database you have. It's really easy to find hands to study, but learning from them, that's a different story. So in this episode, I'm going to give you 16 useful, insightful, perfect questions to help you learn from every single hand that you play. But this next part is critical right here. Excuse me while I whip this out. (laughs) That's right. Listen to Sheriff Bart. Whip out that poker journal right now because you're going to want to write down all 16 questions to ask yourself in these various situations to help you learn from hands and not just learn from hands but to make better decisions in game with these questions and to help you take notes and to watch five different videos where i demonstrate using these questions in hand history reviews you got to go to the show notes page smartpokerstudy.com slash pod four zero two And it's critical that you go to that page because when you go there, you can get a free 17-page PDF for all you Poker Tracker 4 users. The PDF is going to teach you five study strategies every Poker Tracker 4 player needs to use. There's a sign-up form right at the top to get that 17-page PDF absolutely for free. And then up your Poker Tracker 4 studying skills. All right, that's enough out of me. Let's do this. Gambate! What do you say we cut the chit-chat? A-hole! Alrighty, so I think that finding hands to study, it's actually very easy, especially utilizing Poker Tracker for uh, filtering for hands, going through situations, just finding big losing hands. The things that I do most of the time with my students to help them find hands to learn from is we filter for tough situations. So if I know a student is losing when they're calling three bets, we'll simply filter for that and go through a ton of losing hands of different hand strengths, right? I don't I don't want to just look at all ace king when you're calling a three bet and losing. We want to look at pocket tens and pocket nines and seven six suited and ace five suited, whatever you're calling three bets with. So filter for those tough spots or just those areas that you know you need to work on. The second thing is make sure you're pulling up tagged hands from any prior play session. So let's say you made a super big mistake with Jack-10 suited when you flopped a flush draw, maybe. You tag that hand while you're playing, and the goal is you're tagging it now so you can study it later. Be sure to study those tagged hands. And the last way that I I go through my database a lot this way, and sometimes with students, but I just look at big losses and I look at big wins. Like I want to know what I'm doing right when those big wins come along. And I want to know potentially what I'm doing wrong when those big losses come along as well. So like I said, finding hands to study, that's the easy part. If you have a database of 100,000 hands, you probably have at least 10,000 hands worthy of studying in that database, right? But learning from those hands. That's where it can be a little bit difficult, especially if you're just new to studying. Maybe you're just now developing a database, or maybe you have that database of 100,000 hands, but you've never taken the time to go through it and actually learn from the hands that you've played in the past. So I'm going to help you learn from the hands in your database by giving you uh, some great questions to ask to force you to put more thought into analyzing the situations and the hands. So This first thing that you want to do, and with each of these, there's a video in the show notes page demonstrating how to find the hands and then demonstrating me using the questions to review a hand in my own database. 
So the first thing you want to do is you want to start learning from the most common situations that you're in. And you want to filter for this. The filtering is very easy within Poker Tracker 4. Once you learn where the filters are, it takes a little bit of time, right? But the most common pre-flop situations. Number one is where you make a two bet. Number two, you three bet. So you re-raise somebody. Number four, you call a two bet. And number five is calling a three bet. So four pre-flop most common situations. Post-flop, the most common situations are where you c-bet the flop, you c-bet the turn, or you c-bet the river. And then also calling the flop c-bet, calling the turn c-bet, calling the river c-bet. So those are the 10 most common spots that you find yourself in pre-flop and post-flop with the most common plays. When you filter for those various situations, you want to look for big losses Maybe tough-looking hands. Oh, you have pocket tens on an ace-king high board and you didn't know what to do. Review that kind of stuff. Um, and I recommend with any filter that you want to run, when you want to analyze a specific spot, um, review at least 10 different hands right there. Losing and winning hands as well. Now, here are the questions to help you learn from these most common situations. Question number one is what type of opponent am I up against? Now, this gets you playing the player, and it helps to make reads on what your opponent is up to as they're making decisions. The second question, what's he doing this with? This forces you to think about their range of hands, and it helps you decide what your best play is against his range of hands. And the third question, what are my options, and which is most positive EV? So this helps you to consider the value of every play that you have or every option that you have in a given situation. Should I call? Should I fold? Should I raise? Now in the video in the show notes page, you can watch me use these questions as I review a hand where I lost a pretty healthy pot when I held pocket aces. Alrighty, so the second way to study your hands is to try to learn from those saw flop hands in different situations. You know, a lot of hands pre-flop, you end up raising and then folding or just folding outright with nine-deuce offsuit. But it's important to look at different times or different hands when you saw the flop in different situations. So in Poker Tracker 4, you want to filter for saw the flop, also saw the flop in position, and saw the flop not in position. So those are the first three filters. You also want to look at saw flop when you're heads up, so it's you and one other player. Also, review those saw flop hands when it's three-way, you and two other players as well. As you're going through these hands, once again, look for big losses, look for tough hands, look for any tagged hands, marked hands, hands with ugly boards, hands where you don't understand why you called or raised on the flop or pre-flop, whatever the case is. Just 10 interesting hands at least go through 10. Now, here are the questions to help you learn from these various hands. Question number one is, who am I up against? Once again, this helps you just play the player in every hand that you're dealt. Question two, what's their range? Now, this helps you to develop the skill of hand reading, both pre-flop and then through the streets post-flop. And then we're talking specifically about saw flop here. So the third question is, how does the flop help or hurt their range? This is a great question because it forces you to think about their range and how it interacts with the flop and the board through the streets. 
It also gets you in your study session to use Flopzilla Pro as you're actually putting your opponent on a range and then seeing how it interacts with the flop. Now, in the video in the show notes page, once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod402, you can watch me use these three questions as I review a hand where I flopped top pair plus a flush draw, but I was out of position in a three-way pot with queen-jack suited. All right, the third set of hands that you can learn from in Poker Tracker 4 is different missed opportunities. It's a good idea to review some skipped opportunities because this can lead to some really great strategy insights and picking up on information that you missed while you were playing. Because you skipped the opportunity. You didn't open the pot. You didn't raise the limpers. You didn't three bet. You didn't see bet. You didn't donk bet. You didn't float bet. You didn't raise their C bet and you didn't probe on the Turner River. For whatever reason, you were given that opportunity, but you decided to skip it. So learning from these skipped opportunity hands is great. Here are the three questions to ask. Regardless of the opportunity that you skipped, you can ask these three hands. Question number one is who am I up against? And I'm sure you're noticing a pattern here, right? The first question in all of these so far has been, who is my opponent? Who am I up against? You must always know who you're up against in a hand. Because the type of player that you're up against against is going to dictate the way you should approach the hand, how you read them for strength, for weakness, what their different plays make as well. Now, question number two, either pre-flop or post-flop, if you're considering a value bet or a value raise, you have to ask yourself, can they call with worse? So if you can name a lot of hands, then, of course, you're making a good value bet or a good value raise there because they can call with a ton of worse hands than your top pair, your two pair, your set, whatever it is. The third question, let's imagine you're considering a bluff bet or a bluff raise. The question is, can they find a fold? If you can name a lot of hands that they like to fold or that they can fold here, or if you just know in general this player folds to this kind of bet on this street, it's a good opportunity to bluff. So in the video in the show notes page, you can watch me use these three questions as I review a hand where I skipped the opportunity to raise over a limping fish. Here's the thing. I had King Do suited on the button. He's a fish. I had best position. Yeah, I did miss a good opportunity to uh, ISO raise and I figure out what uh, I figure out what went wrong in that hand or the information that I missed. The fourth way to learn from your Poker Tracker 4 hands, it's to learn from statistical deviations. Now, this is where most of my coaching with my students begins. I'm going through their statistics. I'm going through their win rates. And I see something that looks ugly, that looks off to me, that looks like it could be an area of opportunity. When you find one of those, you uh, it's your job then to dive into it for further analysis. In the video on the show notes page, uh, once again, four different videos, the fourth video, uh, scroll down in the page, you're going to see me notice a statistical deviation of my own. I three bet a ton from the big blind, but not so often at all, actually two and a half times less often in the small blind. That's my statistical deviation. I'm a very three bet honest player out of the small blind. So of course I dive into the, into some of those hands in the video. Now, There are three steps to this process. Number one 
is you have to notice statistical deviations. That means you're looking at your results in Poker Tracker 4 on a weekly, bi-weekly, every 5,000 hands kind of basis, every 10, every 20 tournaments if you're a tournament player. And you want to spot areas where your statistics deviate. Like I said, my three bet in the small blind, I think it was 4.5 or like 4.1. And then in the big blind, it was like near 10%, somewhere like that, right? So big difference there. You might also spot street by street. Maybe you see bet the flop 75% of the time, but the turn 33% of the time. Huge difference there between the two streets. When you find those statistical deviations, step two in the process is to filter for the play related to that stat and view those win rates. See how you're doing in those spots. And the third step is to filter for opportunities and or times when you made the play uh, to review those hands and learn from the hands. Now, basically, if it's an area where you are losing money, you want to review hands where you lost money, where you actually made the play. If it's an area where you think you're missing out on good opportunities like me, I'm not C-betting, I'm sorry, I'm not three-betting enough out of the small blind, then I want to look at those opportunities to three-bet and figure out what I'm missing in those hands. So here are the three questions to ask yourself to help you learn from these different hands. Question number one is why is my statistic so high or so low? This is going to help you find those areas of opportunity. Plus, here's an interesting side benefit. It helps to teach you to analyze stats to look for weaknesses. You're analyzing your own stats. You're spotting a tendency, something that your opponents can exploit in your own stats. When you notice those same things in your opponent's stats, bam! Now you know how to exploit them, right? Question number two is, how can I analyze this potential issue? So this is going to get you thinking more deeply about how different situations affect stats differently. You might notice a statistical deviation from street to street or position to position, and you've never thought about where those numbers come from. But asking that question, how can I analyze this potential issue? That's going to force you to noodle on it more and figure out what is going on that's leading to those statistical issues or differences. Now, the last question, when you review those 10, 15, 20 hands, you got to ask yourself, what am I missing or what am I doing wrong? Take note of those things in your poker journal and then work to make better decisions next time. All right, the last way that I really recommend to learn from your Poker Tracker 4 database is reviewing an entire cash game table or a full tournament. So doing this from the first hand to the last hand, either cash games or tournaments, it can lead to some really key revelations. This is often the case with a session that ends in tilt because you can figure out what set you on that tilt or even tournaments when you figure out or when you start analyzing situations where you keep busting out on the bubble, see all the hands that lead up to that, you're going to narrow down what you're potentially doing wrong so that you can improve upon it for your next tournament. So when you find that one table or the one tournament you want to review from start to finish, here are the four questions to ask. Question number one is what's my table image? So as you know, every tournament or every cash game, when you sit down, you might be completely unknown to everybody, or you might already have, uh, you know, a, a history with these players. So they have an idea about you, but in general, 
the situation, the kind of hands you're dealt, who your opponents are, how you play those hands, that's going to affect your table image. I'm sure you guys have played like multiple cash games, right? You have two different tables. On one table, you're playing super loose and aggressive because you're getting pocket aces, ace, king, pocket jacks, awesome spots to iso raise players and three bet players. While on the other table, you look like a total nit because you're dealt nine deuce offsuit and jack four offsuit over and over again. You just keep folding and folding and folding, right? So that's a good idea to analyze what your table image is and how it changes as the game progresses. Question number two, who is the number one target or targets? It's always lovely when you have multiple fish, multiple marks on the table. And it's critical to know who's at your table uh, because you want to know who's the most likely to hand you their chips and who are the most uh, likely players to give you a hard time. Who's going to be tough to go up against? Question number three, how can I exploit them? Critical idea, tying into those prior questions, who is my opponent? Every player can be exploited. So what you want to do, how can I exploit them? Using this question, first, figure out the two people on your direct left and right. Those are the immediate uh, left and right. Those are the players that you really want to know how to exploit because they're the ones most likely that you'll be involved with most of the time. And then branch out from there, analyze the rest of the table. But those two are critical. And question number four, this is a really good question to ask if you're kind of reviewing a tilting session. How could I have seen tilt coming or avoided it altogether? All right, so in the fifth video in the show notes page, you can watch me use all of these questions and as I analyze the first 10 hands on one table to see how I earned 160 big blinds with the lovely pocket queens in just the 10th hand. Okay, so let me help you. You're going to use those 16 questions as you study, but you can also use them for deliberate practice in game to build your skills to help you make better decisions in the moment. So, for example, let's imagine you find yourself on the button. You have 10-7 suited, a fish, open limp, the number one target on the table, open limped in the middle position. The cutoff folds, it's on you now in the button. This is your opportunity to iso-raise the player in an effort to get them all to yourself on the flop. But should you do it? And how should you play different flops, right? I gave you three questions about these missed opportunities. We're going to ask and answer them all right now. Question number one is who am I up against? You already know this MP limper is a fish. You know they make loads of mistakes, pre-flop and post-flop, and you have a general idea on how you can exploit this player post-flop. So, he's a good target, and isolating a good target is almost always a good idea. 10-7 suited isn't a great hand, but still, it is playable, it's suited, it's connected. This is a worthy opportunity to isolate the weakest player at the table. So question number two. This was a value betting situation. You have 10-7 suited. Let's imagine the flop comes 10-7-3 rainbow. So you hit top two pair, and you're considering making a value bet, right? Your opponent in the MP check to you. You want to check behind? Probably not. You got a fish on the line, right? You want to bet for value. But you have to ask yourself, can they call with worse? For sure they can, right? They're a fish. Any top pair. Remember, 10-7-3 is the board. You have top two pair. Any top pair like jack-10 and queen-10, guaranteed they're calling. Lots of sevens, like seven, eight, seven, nine. They're going to see the 10 on the board. They're going to think, oh, 
There is an overcard, I have second pair, but I have a backdoor straight draw. I can't fold here! Even 4-5 for a gut shot draw on the 10-7-3, that could be calling. And 9-8 has an open ender. Even King Jack, two overcards, backdoor straight draw, could be calling as well. Now let's give you a different flop. Let's say you uh, do not flop a value hand. The flop comes down ace, six, deuce, rainbow. Remember, you have 10-7 suited. So your opponent checks you. You're thinking about making a bluff bet right here. You got to ask yourself, can they find a fold? And the answer is sure. It's ace, six, deuce, right? They can fold any king, any queen, any jack, any 10 that doesn't have a pair. And all non-pairs, they're probably folding. 10, 9, 9, 8, 4, 5 on the deuce, seven, ace board. Those are all folding. Six, five, seven, uh, six, five, and seven, six. Those might even fold because of that ace. King, deuce suited, flopping bottom pair, but there's the ace on the board. Wow, they're likely to fold as well. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. I want you to use the questions in each of your next five study sessions as you go through and you review at least 10 hands per day. Now, I recommend that you do this before a play session. Treat it like a warm-up. Then go ahead and continue asking the questions uh, as you play your session and do that for some deliberate practice. And hey, if you come up with some questions on your own beyond these 16, lovely. Take note of them and use them as well. Now it's your turn to take action and do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Go write a book. Alrighty, your learning isn't complete until you go to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod402. You can get that free 17-page PDF called the five poker tracker for study strategies every player needs to use there's also those five videos posted there all the questions are written out right there for you so easy to take notes with the show notes page now also for the month of august 2022 i am doing a q and august within the daily poker tips podcast so every day i'm releasing a new q and a through august you can get them by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash daily poker tips or wherever you download your podcasts. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.